News Network. Chaos at the border. Elected officials who don't know where they are, why they're there, or what their job is. Officials who laugh like hyenas when questioned. And when they answer, it reads like science fiction. How do you navigate this sewage? With the ship of truth. TNN. The Truth News Network. And your captain today is Dan Newman. I'll navigate you. We'll get right through the middle of all of this sewage, as Pete Moss referenced it. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Friday, the last weekday of the month of July in 2021. And uh, I'm so glad you made it here. First things first, let me address the equipment issues we had yesterday. You know, sometimes things happen to you that are just out of your control. And when you stream or when you broadcast, in either case, you rely on technology and infrastructure. And sometimes those things just don't work out. That's exactly what caught us yesterday. We're in the process, as we told you back in the early part of um, the month of July, moving our studios from Bossier City, Louisiana to Shreveport, Louisiana. And in the middle of all of that, we have to change those infrastructure systems just simply because it's geography. Things don't work the same place uh, the same way. When you move away, sometimes things change. Many times those are out of your control. Basically, just summing it up, we had a technological breakdown yesterday during the show. First time that's happened. Won't happen again, I promise you. I want to thank you for understanding Many of you hung around, and when that uh, loop started happening, I got tons of emails and texts saying, hey, I don't know if you know this. Well, we know it. We'd already basically shut the show down, but the loop just kept going. I am so sorry for that. Now, there's another thing that happened yesterday. It was my 68th birthday. I finally caught up at least chronologically with my wife, but I married a much older woman. She's six months older than I am. And we had a great time together yesterday evening. Really good food, great fellowship. Our oldest daughter, Kimby, went to dinner with us and we caught up. She's got our four grandsons and uh, we just caught up with things going on there. Our whole family's going to get together this weekend. Having birthdays is a really good thing, wouldn't you say? Especially when you consider the alternative, which is not having another birthday, and I certainly am not ready for that. I know eventually we're all going to go that way, but I'm not planning on leaving anytime soon. So it was good to have it, and let me speak just for a moment to those of you who have weighed in. At last count on Facebook alone, we're over 400, 500 happy birthdays. And I got to tell you, as I I posted late last night going through, I, uh, I do my best to reply on a personal basis with everybody that wishes me a happy birthday. I want everyone to understand how much I appreciate you. I appreciate those of you listening to the show every day. I appreciate those of you that uh, read our articles published at TNN Truth News Network every day. And I don't take anybody for granted. The best way to prove that is just simply to show that, just with a simple thank you. And if in any way... You wish me a happy birthday by Facebook Messenger, text, email, or on Facebook. And I missed responding to you with a thank you very much. Just know this. It's a mistake that happened. 
my intentions have been, are now, always will be, to be gracious and kind and thoughtful because I really do appreciate you. Now, what about today? We have a special guest coming aboard right at the top of the second hour of the show, Dr. Richard Fleming. Remember him? Many of you were aboard with us a month ago when he joined us. He is a really amazing individual, a doctor uh, at the highest levels of everything to do with epidemiology and virology and multiple other areas. In fact, he, he owns a patent for a medical device that has just changed the lives of thousands, maybe tens of thousands of people in the U.S. He's not clinically practicing right now, but he is a laboratory Amazon. He just goes and goes and goes. And he's got his eye on the inside of everything that pertains to the COVID-19 pandemic we're supposedly coming out of. Many say we're not even in it. And so the second hour, we're going to wade into all of that with Dr. Fleming. He'll be here for the whole hour if we uh, if we want him to. So make sure you come back if you leave for whatever reason or reasons during the first hour. Make sure you're back here, top of the hour, 10 o'clock central. Dr. Richard Fleming will be joining us. Meanwhile, do we have any business to take care of here? Do we have any things that we need to um, talk about before we get Dr. Fleming on the show. Today's story, if you haven't seen it yet, make sure you go by and take a gander at it. Fauci's out of here. Going, going, gone, but not soon enough. No, he hadn't been fired. I don't think he has left the scene yet. I guess that's just wishful thinking on my part. The entire, the full story of Dr. Fauci's role in this COVID-19 pandemic, it begins a long time before the virus hit our shores, and it involves Fauci's role in overseeing coronavirus research grants, most of which went to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Fauci is America's highest paid career bureaucrat. He's directed his health agency, CDC's NIH, He's directed that health agency that approved hundreds of thousands of dollars of federal funding, tax dollars, for experiments on bat coronaviruses. That all happened at the Wuhan Institute of Virology for over half a decade. And this funding has continued despite members of Fauci's own office getting information way back in 2016 that the Wuhan Institute did not even know how to disinfect their own laboratory equipment properly. But yet, we're giving them thousands and thousands of dollars to do research on a deadly virus. And some new emails that were released, as they show Fauci had direct knowledge as early as 2017 of the bat coronavirus experiments being conducted in that lab. Fauci's emails a big treasure trove of them were dumped based upon a FOIA request, Freedom of Information Act, by Judicial Watch way back on July 15th of 2016. The Wuhan Institute of Virology Vice Director Wan Jingming asked members of Fauci's office for help figuring out which kind of disinfectant to use for their laboratory. 
<laughs> These are the greatest minds in America and around the world, and they're at this lab, and they can't even figure out a good way to disinfect their laboratory. The Institute didn't know what disinfectants to use to clean their protective clothes, to clean the surface of the lab's doors, or to disinfect infectious materials indoors. So, on our story today, in the middle of the story, we include a couple of these back-and-forth emails just to prove to you how ditzy these amazing research scientists in that laboratory, how, how I, I don't know, maybe no common sense? Anyway, you can read those there. Then in March of 2020, a member of Fauci's staff recalled an incident and brought it up with colleagues in Fauci's office so they could discuss how best to navigate politics. And you can see the conundrum that came from that. They're talking to Fauci. They're trying to understand because they're doctors. They're research doctors. They're not politicians. And they reach out to Fauci to get guidance on how to navigate politics. Like Fauci can navigate politics. October 1 of 2017. Emails recently released in this Judicial Watch FOIA thing. More than two years before this pandemic, Fauci knew his health agency was funding research at the Wuhan Institute, and he knew that that research was geared towards enabling bat coronaviruses to infect humans. What's that called? You know that thing that he swore up and down before Congress? Sworn testimony? that his operation never funded gain-of-function research? Emails. His emails. October 1, 2017, prove he was lying to Congress. The emails confirm that Fauci and coronavirus researcher Peter Daszak have a personal relationship dating back all the way into early 2017. And the emails show clear evidence that Fauci knew Experiments were being conducted with the Wuhan Institute's Dr. Xi to determine if a novel bat-origin coronavirus could infect human cells in the lab and that Fauci's own office was paying for them. We included another email exchange in our story today that documents that. The original version of the paper that Dazek sent to Fauci is redacted, but there are or some unredacted images. You can see some pictures, bats, and other interesting things that were happening in their research with these bats over in China. And then let's jump, let's fast forward. December 9, 2019. Peter Daszak is listed as the principal investigator on a grant from Fauci's agency to the Wuhan Institute. Daszak's Echo Health or Eco Health Alliance got $3.7 million for bat coronavirus experiments and given over half a million of that funding to the Wuhan Institute of Virology to conduct testing and lab analysis of bat samples. And federal records show this. We include the records, copies of the records of the funding in our story today at truthnewsnet.org. Dazik has publicly boasted about conducting gain-of-function research on bat coronaviruses, 
December 9, 2019, days before the COVID-19 overtook Wuhan, Dozik said about coronavirus, quote, you can manipulate them in the lab pretty easily. He noted that some coronaviruses could get into human cells in the lab. Well, given this historical background, and given that Fauci's extensive knowledge of the National Institutes of Health grant funding that his office has authorized for the Wuhan Institute, Fauci's conduct over the seven days from January 23rd of 2020 to February 1st that year, remember, that's when COVID began spreading across America. We should be looking a little bit closer at Fauci during that time. And so let's do. January 23rd, this is D year, 2020, January 23rd. On the first full day, China quarantined the city of Wuhan. Newly released emails from Judicial Watch show Fauci immediately wanted to know about the NIH funding to the Wuhan lab. And there's an exchange of emails in that regard included in our article. You can read the back and forth for yourself. Then a week later, January 27th, Dazik emailed Fauci's staff and told them to pass on to Tony the information that the Wuhan Institute is looking on, is working on the NCOV, or novel coronavirus, and that they had previously found SARS-related COVIDs that can bind to human cells. January 31st, the next week. On that day, President Trump issued a travel ban on China, a move that Fauci acknowledged helped save lives. He didn't then, but he said later. Yeah, it did help save lives. That day, Fauci got an email from a National Institutes of Health-sponsored scientist, Christian Anderson, telling him the virus looked potentially engineered and was inconsistent with expectations from evolutionary theory. What does that mean, folks? This scientist, well-known and an NIH-sponsored guy, so somebody that was in the know, Christian Anderson, he told Fauci January 31st, 2020, the virus was engineered. And it, its formation, the way it looked under a microscope, was inconsistent with expectations that come from evolutionary theory. In other words, naturally, had to be manipulated. That far back, folks, almost immediately after learning the virus could be engineered, Fauci wanted to know more about the NIH's involvement in gain-of-function experiments on coronavirus that was and had been conducted by Dr. Xi Jingling of the Wuhan Institute of Virology. She is the famous Chinese bat woman. So Fauci emailed his deputy, Dr. Hugh Anchenkloss, and attached a 2015 study by Dr. Xi labeled SARS gain of function. And there's a back and forth response in those emails in this article. At that very moment, Fauci knew NIH had not only approved funding for the Wuhan Institute, but that his office had directly provided funding to Dr. Xi to conduct dangerous gain-of-function experiments on bat coronaviruses. Ultimately, as these recently released emails show, the NIH was planning to provide the Wuhan Institute with a total of a million and a half dollars in funding 
to continue those very dangerous coronavirus experiments. Fauci directly oversaw personally almost a million dollars in funding sent to the Wuhan Institute over a six-year period that goes all the way back to 2014. Besides that, NIH funding to the Wuhan lab persisted under Fauci's direct purview despite his following obvious safety issues and scandals. In 2015, example, French intelligence warned the State Department China was cutting back on agreed collaboration at the lab. July 15, 2016, Wuhan Institute of Virology Vice Director Wan Ximing asked members of Fauci's office for help figuring out which kind of disinfectant to use for their lab, indicating the Wuhan Institute wasn't prepared to conduct experiments on dangerous pathogens. Same year, Dr. Xi publicly acknowledged she was conducting experiments on live bat coronaviruses in a biosafety level 2 lab at the Wuhan Institute. As scientist Richard Ebright has noted, that is the biosafety level of a U.S. dentist office. In other words, it ain't very safe, and it's very, very suspect to do lab research like was being done in a somewhat unlimited and open laboratory. In 2017, French scientists were booted out of the lab, the Wuhan lab. All cooperation stopped between them and the Chinese. During that time, our State Department found that Chinese researchers at the lab were engaging in, quote, classified research, including lab animal experiments on behalf of the Chinese military. Now, why would the military want something like that done? The Chinese military, why would they be into uh, virus stuff? Maybe a bioweapon? Shh, you can't just say that. On December 29th of 2017, a video made public by the Chinese state-run media showed the Wuhan Institute researchers admitting bats had bitten them. The footage demonstrates that many were not wearing proper PPE when they were handling the bats. They weren't protected. In 2018, the State Department found a serious shortage of appropriately trained technicians and investigators needed to operate this high-containment lab safely. September 12, 2019, the Wuhan Institute pulled its public database of 22,000 virus samples and sequences. They took them offline. Incredibly, the point person for the grant for Wuhan, Peter Daszak, would later praise them taking all of that offline, saying this, As you know, a lot of this work has been conducted with EcoHealth Alliance. There's no evidence of viruses closer to SARS-CoV-2 than RATG13 in those databases. Simple as that. Now, what does that mean? Basically, hey, all that information is proprietary. It's proprietary. Follow the money, folks. Follow the money. And then by mid-January last year, a team of Chinese military scientists had set up operations inside the Institute. In February of 2020, it was made public China had refused to let our CDC experts into the country to oversee, to observe its coronavirus outbreak for more than a month. 
In March last year, the U.S. Defense Intelligence Agency updated its assessment of COVID-19's origin to include the possibility that the new coronavirus emerged accidentally due to unsafe laboratory practices at the Wuhan Institute. Also in March last year, Fauci staff recalled they'd learned in 2016 that the lab did not know how to disinfect their equipment properly and discussed how best to navigate politics concerning the issue. Are you following all of this, folks? This is a a daisy chain of disaster. This entire time, Fauci's agency, they continued approving money going to Dazik and to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. In fact, it was only after President Trump directly ordered Fauci to stop it. He got that order on April 24th of 2020. It was only then that Fauci reluctantly agreed to cancel the grant. Yet, just two months later, in August, August 2020, Fauci approved a brand new $7.5 million grant to Dazic's EcoHealth Alliance to conduct virtually the exact same research that Dazic was overseeing at the Wuhan Institute. The new program created by Fauci's office now filters funding to a Chinese lab in where else? Beijing! Right under President Xi Jinping's nose, Fauci has for years voiced his public support for conducting gain-of-function experiments, believing that, and this is a quote, important information and insights can come from generating a potentially dangerous virus in the laboratory. In 2017, Fauci pushed to lift the federal government's gain-of-function research ban. Fauci recently maintained that if, if we didn't pursue that research at the Wuhan lab, you would be negligent. February 2020, Jim Jordan, Ohio representative, bulldog, I I like it, and he gets into it with Dr. Fauci, as does Rand Paul, senator from Kentucky. On the first day of February 2020, Jim Jordan noted in a blockbuster hearing And it started then, February 1st, 2020, and everyone since then. Fauci incessantly has pushed the narrative that COVID-19 did not come from that lab. Fauci started sending the Trump administration, quote-unquote, science, contradicting the lab leak theory right after the theory was first floated, emailing an article arguing that COVID-19 originated naturally to Robert Cadlick, a political appointee in the Trump administration. And that email we include in our article today. That story, the article that Fauci sent, called a lab leak theory one of many conspiracies. Fauci's email to Cadillac did not mention that just hours earlier, NIH-supported researcher Anderson had advised Fauci that COVID-19 was potentially engineered and did not look like it came from Nature. February 1st, 2020, Fauci met secretly with 11 prominent scientists from around the world, including Christian Anderson, who had just told Fauci the virus was probably engineered. I suggested we bring together a multidisciplinary team, Fauci said to the USA Today. Fauci said he wanted to ensure as many opinions as possible were on the call, but nobody from the Trump administration was even invited. 
Fauci noted that some on the call felt it could be an engineered virus. But of course, Dr. Fauci fixed that. He said, I felt then and still do the most likely origin was in an animal host. By the end of the meeting, multiple influential scientists were not just persuaded to adopt Fauci's view that the virus had not leaked from the Wuhan lab. They were ready to participate in a relentless campaign to steer the media coverage and control the flow of information away from the idea that the virus could have been engineered in the Wuhan lab. Take the case of researchers Christian Anderson, Ed Holmes, Bob Gary, who told Fauci that they all found COVID-19's genome inconsistent with expectations from evolutionary theory. As Representative Jim Jordan recently noted, these same scientists published a paper in Nature in Nature magazine in March of 2020 stating that, quote, we do not believe that any type of lab-based scenario is even possible. Fauci appears to have been directly involved with the creation of this scientific paper. More of those emails are included in this story. We're going to push through this, folks, at the end of the day. We're just going to go forward to the end of this. It's just one email after another, one story after another, one report after another. Dr. Fauci, he intentionally omitted evidence that the Wuhan Institute could be the source of the virus. And at least in part, he did that because an investigation into the lab would ultimately implicate him. Senator Rand Paul certainly thinks it does. Paul has now, last week, filed a criminal referral against Fauci with the Department of Justice. Senator Paul claims Fauci lied to Congress when he said under, earth, uh, under oath May 20th, quote, the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute. Fauci responded to Senator Paul by saying, I've never lied, certainly not before Congress. Case closed. But this case, <laughs> it's wide open. And over half a decade of evidence appears to very demonstrably contradict Fauci's claims. So what Fauci is doing to Americans today, instilling mass fear and confusion, he's been doing that since he first took to the White House podium at the insistence of Democrat Party leadership who virtually demanded Trump put Fauci in charge, put him up front in the COVID-19 conversation. After all, they told the president, Dr. Anthony Fauci is the foremost epidemiologist and virologist on the planet. Listen closely. Fauci is anything but an expert on all things COVID. He is an expert at using an uncountable number of scary elements of this mysterious virus and its true impacts on humans to weaponize for political purposes, for whoever is willing to pay his price. What's his price? Well, it starts at this number. He's the highest paid of all federal government employees. And of course, his price includes, for him, a quest, a hunger for ultimate power. Our price for having him spew these lies 
and his gross misrepresentations every day now for two years is abundantly clear. Hundreds of thousands of deaths, multiple times more of those with permanent disabilities, hundreds of billions of dollars in jobs, corporate revenue, business and employee income, and a massive amount of added federal debt that our great-great-great-great-great-great-grandchildren and their grandchildren are going to be forced to pay the bill somehow. One thing at which Fauci is good is convincing a willing populace through purposeful fear and fake mystery that without his leadership and our benign acceptance of his medical advice, death for us all is certain. He lied to us again and again. He misrepresented facts to us again and again. He changed his facts previously shoved in our faces again and again. And sadly, we not only let him spin and lie to us, in many ways, we encouraged him to do it. No matter the outcome for us all regarding COVID-19, it's imperative that the totalitarian indoctrination of all Americans by America's consummate witch doctor, it's got to be stopped. It's got to be stopped. Fauci must go. Fauci must go soon. Fauci must go, folks, at once. We can't even begin our recovery until after this witch doctor stops digging at our wounds and continuing to keep us sick and scared and afraid and horrified because he hadn't been giving us the truth. I'm sure when Dr. Fleming, Richard Fleming, joins us at the top of the next hour, he's going to want to weigh into some of that, but I ask him specifically to come here today to speak to all of the misrepresentations that we are hearing and seeing across the nation, around the world, and even the stuff that we here at Truth News Network have dug out and found for you evidence from places like UDRA, which is the CDC over there in Europe, that have revealed how many thousands of breakthrough infections that have occurred and the massive number of adverse reactions that Fauci won't even let the American media know about to talk about. We're going to get into all those things and more, but between now and then, there are other things going on in our nation that are critical than COVID-19. Like down at our southern border, we got some backbreaking news from there right after this. How to improve your dining room by the Home Depot. New wood floors, new paint on the walls. Sure, you know us for that. But how about a new dining room table? Matching chairs? Bar stools? How about free and flexible delivery with easy online returns? Now you can explore decor in a whole new way. Save now on furniture. Everything for your home. Everything from homedepot.com. How doers get more done. U.S. only valid through September 7th. Limitations apply. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... 
Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Cars today are computers on wheels. That's it. Uh, the fancy new tech makes our life easier in the car. But when something breaks, can you afford to fix the touchscreen display or the sensor, which can cost thousands of dollars? Most likely, no. That's why I have CarShield. And it takes away the worry and the panic of the expensive repair that you know is coming. CarShield, their protection plans can save you thousands for covered repairs, including everything from an engine, transmission, GPS, electronics, and more. You can have your favorite mechanic or dealership do the work, and CarShield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary roadside assistance and a rental car. It's inevitable something's going to break. It happens to everybody, including me. So get coverage from America's number one auto protection company like I did and find out why CarShield cars go farther. Rates are as low as $99 a month, so visit carshield.com. Use the promo code iHeart to save 10%. That's carshield.com, promo code iHeart. Deductible may apply. Speaking the truth, the mainstream press will not. Dan Newman, TNN, the Truth News Network. Just a note. Just as we went to break there, I got a flash email notification that 17,000 people per week in the United States are being found to have symptomatic COVID-19. 17,000 of those people a week. That's not a no that's a no-brainer. That's a no big deal, Dan. That's what's going to happen. It's a pandemic. No, 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 no. 17,000 people in the United States every week are now coming down with COVID-19 after they've been vaccinated. 17,000 a week. Oh, and by the way, guess where that information comes from? The Centers for Disease Control. And remember, we reported about at the beginning of this breakthrough infection, little bitty thing that was a nothing burger, according to Rochelle Walensky, the head of the CDC, two weeks ago. We reported on it here, and she basically poo-pawed it. Ah, it's no big deal. And in fact, on the CDC website, they had added a spot to report that weekly, just like they report weekly the VAERS adverse reactions to virus vaccinations, they very mysteriously put out a thing and said, we're not going to report that anymore because the numbers are so small, insignificant. We don't need you to worry about that. So we're just going to blow through it every every day and every week. Meanwhile, 17,000 people, 17,000 people a week are catching real, full-blown COVID-19 after they have received a vaccination. (laughs) I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because these people are pathological liars. They look at us. They look at TV cameras. They're on these TV shows. They're the 
experts as CNN and MSNBC and the Washington Post, the New York Times, the broadcast biggies, NBC, CBS, Fox, and ABC. And we look at them, we listen to them, and they with impunity are giving us nothing but lies after lies after lies. Wow. We'll see what Dr. Fleming has to say about that top of the hour. Meanwhile, what about Uncle Joe? What about our southern border stuff? What about our vice president? She is the border czar, or at least we were told by the president that's what she was going to be. She was going to take care of everything. She immediately on the same day made it clear. No, 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 no. I'm not dealing with the border stuff. I'm dealing with the causes, the root causes of migration from Central America. So guess what just happened to come out yesterday? Kamala Harris. She put her plan out to do just that. It's titled, U.S. Strategy for Addressing the Root Cause of Migration in Central America. It urges International investment in the Northern Triangle countries, Honduras, El Salvador, and Guatemala, plus efforts to reduce corruption and increase trade. It's an 18-page plan. I looked at it. I just skimmed it this morning. You know why I just skimmed it? It's hollow. It does not mention the U.S. government's role in enabling and inviting migration. Folks, the quickest, easiest way to stop it, nip it in the bud, as Gomer Pyle used to say. Nip it, nip it, nip it. The easiest way is to get up on that camera, get up on that microphone as president and vice president. Look at the camera and tell people in Mexico and Central America and South America and the other 90-plus countries from which We are finding illegals are rushing across our southern border and tell them, stop, our border's closed, you're going to be turned away. The plan is also, Paris's plan, silent about which U.S. agency is responsible for each aspect of the plan. How much money they're going to be allowed for each of those tasks, she just painted with a broad breast, no details. The emptiness of her report, it's it's highlighted by a cliched cover letter from the VP. Listen to this. Ultimately, she said, our administration will consistently engage in the region to address the root causes of migration. We're going to build on what works, and we're going to pivot away from what does not work. It will not be easy, but we're going to roll up our sleeves. We're blue-collar folks. I just stuck that in there. It will not be easy, she said, and progress will not be instantaneous. But we are committed to getting it right because we know the strength and security of the United States depends on the implementation of strategies like this one. The plan doesn't even acknowledge the huge economic and political damage that is done to Central America by our government's de facto policy of taking young workers away from their countries in Central America to come here to be used by big U.S. companies, primarily in our agriculture industries. 
since January, Biden's welcome for migrants has pulled at least 600,000 of those illegal aliens across our border, including about 400,000 workers and at least 300,000 people who are allowed to sneak across the border. The Harris plan just absolves our government, her allies in the pro-migration groups too, for the international damage caused by their labor extraction policy. Instead, she of course blamed somebody. Who did she blame? Well, Trump wasn't available at the time, so she pinned it on the Central American governments. She said persistent instability and insecurity in Central America have gone on for too long. Poverty and economic inequality, pervasive crime and corruption, and Central American political leaders drift toward authoritarian rule have stunted economic growth, diverted critical resources from health care and education, robbing citizens of hope and spurring migration. So a bunch of activists in Central America that include El Salvador's president, They all say the U.S. policy of extracting workers and young folks is damaging because it stalls their region's economic and political development. It strengthens authoritarian governments and drug networks and drug traffickers and human traffickers. That makes common sense, but common sense doesn't fit into any spot anywhere in the Biden administration or anybody at the top or even those at mid-level management. I don't know if they get together and smoke funny grass. I don't know if they get together and have alcohol bashes. I don't understand it, folks, but I don't hear and I don't see any realistic, honest, and even possibly implement. Uh, implementable policies from anybody on immigration reform. Alonzo Benitez, this is an example. One of the effects of immigration is the erosion of human capital, which can give a negative impact to any economic or any social development of any of these countries. A 2020 report by the Texas Public Policy Foundation It spotlighted this guy, Alonzo Benitez, considered a model farmer. He was growing organic coffee in Honduras' western highlands. In recent years, he had switched to organic methods, planted timber-producing trees, and he did that because he wanted to diversify his income. He worked with the cooperative to earn a premium on the world price. Benitez had a large extended family in the area who pitched in with harvest and lowered his labor costs. But one day, Benitez vanished. That was in April of 2019. He vanished with his 17-year-old son, leaving an elder 18-year-old son to oversee the farm. So after spending four days in the custody of U.S. Customs and Border Patrol, Benitez and his son were released, and they went to Houston, where, guess what? Benitez found work in a United States gravel pit. Nobody in the Biden administration will talk about Alonzo Benitez or any of the other millions of Central Americans that this administration's policies have destroyed, in many cases irreparably, and they won't even talk about it, yet alone do something about it. 
The VP's report was launched in March when Biden directed her to work with the countries that need help in stemming the movement of so many folks, stemming the migration to our southern border. Harris and her staff, they immediately, as we told you at the top of this, redefined Biden's unwanted stemming order into an academic-style study of those root causes of migration. She may have welcomed the eclipse of her root causes report by the simultaneous release of the Biden pro-migration plan. Interesting, they both came out on the same day, isn't it? Yesterday. The eclipse will help her avoid criticism from the many pro-migration progressives and business groups in her West Coast political network. The Biden plan. Now, let's get to that. It's dubbed the Collaborative Migration Management Strategy. Isn't it interesting? Our federal government, on all these bills they put out, all these plans, they always have these huge, long names, and they always abbreviate them. This one, the Collaborative Migration Management Strategy, they don't call it that. They call it the CMMS. So next time you hear somebody talking about the CMMS, you know what it represents. His plan discards Harris's root causes narrative, the whole thing. Instead, it mandates the extraction of even more of these young Central Americans so they can work in Americans' workplaces and rent apartments in Americans' real estate. What you'll hear about today is collaborative migration management with regional partners in addressing the root causes of migrations. That came from a White House transcript of a closed-door July 28th briefing to a handful of reporters by one senior administration official. And that official, interestingly enough, unnamed White House official, continued, quote, So success in building a fair, orderly, and humane immigration system won't come overnight. But we do have a blueprint to get us there. That's a centerpiece of the CMMS. That is, you know, very ambitiously expanding access to legal pathways, both to the United States and to various other countries. We're doing a lot of work already to try to bring other countries to the table to multiply the number of legal pathways. Countries like Canada, Costa Rica, Spain, and elsewhere. There's actually a lot of momentum on that front, and it's very encouraging. So we're really excited. And again, just to note, this is the first of its kind. I think we really believe that with the combination of ambitious root causes and migration management strategy, we really and truly have an impact on this region. And then on page 12, it's 18 pages, on page 12, the Biden plan says, The migrants, including workers, spouses, children, and older relatives, will be extracted by several programs. And the extraction programs include the following. The Central American Minors Program, which is being used to fly spouses, children, and parents of these economic migrants who have established themselves in the U.S. We're going to pay to pick them up, bring them over here. The United States Refugee Admissions Program, which is now being used to pull international refugees from Costa Rica. The uncapped H-2A and the 90,000 per year H-2B visa worker programs, 
which delivers skilled foreign workers to take the place of better paid Americans in farms, farm machine companies, landscapers, resorts, hotels, fish processors, forest restaurants, and construction firms. And the plan just goes on and on and on. And it's full of poppycock that means absolutely freaking nothing. There's no even mention anywhere in this diatribe of sewage, as Pete Moss used that term in his opening for the show today. It's nothing but sewage. Nowhere in there is the rule of law or immigration law or any kind of law enforcement, any kind or any way to stop the illegality of all these people. There's not one mention of it. And I'm going to blow your mind with something. You're just not going to believe this. Guess what we found out yesterday? The Biden administration is in the process of giving Biden administration employees at the southern border the right to, on the president's behalf, give asylum to these people coming into the United States illegally without going before or having any involvement with an immigration judge or an immigration court. In other words, they're not even trying to hide it, folks. They leaked it yesterday. We checked it out. It's factual. Joe Biden has put the mandate out to quickly create the process to make it faster and easier to give full asylum to 8 million immediate, 8 million illegal aliens that have not even many of been registered as illegals when they crossed our border. Thumbing his nose, the President of the United States, thumbing his nose at the United States Constitution, at the rule of law, at state laws, at the states in which these people have been being pushed out to with no notification, no background investigation. They do not give COVID cases to these illegals do the Border Patrol or ICE agents when they come in, and they say the reason they don't is they want to get them assimilated as quickly as possible, and when they get to the cities and the towns they're going to, it's up to those municipalities to spend their money to give these people COVID-19 tests long after they've interfaced probably by with hundreds of other legal people, Americans, And if they're COVID-19 positive, which we are told in many cases, 7 of 10 of the children that are tested coming in as illegals have COVID-19. You can't make this up. And yes, it's a nightmare. It's a freaking nightmare. And it's made purposely by President Joe Biden, facilitated by Vice President Kamala Harris, and the sycophant Democrat Party members of the United States Senate and the U.S. House of Representatives. Screw law. Screw the accountability under the law. Thumb your noses at the U.S. Constitution and every federal immigration law and just do what it is politically that you want to do you're not going to be held accountable by anybody. The American taxpayers 
the American citizens, the real voters, we're going to forget about all this insanity. By the time November 2022 rolls around, we'll have something even bigger to talk about. So immigration, ha, huh, by then we may even have them voting already. You're fighting back the tidal wave of deceit, lies, spin, and ignorance with TNN, the Truth News Network. Experience wow customer service at TennisExpress.com. 24-7 phone support and live chat. Product reviews on the latest gear and discounts for your team. Secure payment options with PayPal, Amazon, and more. Exclusive products including limited edition tees. Rackets strung by master racket technicians on state-of-the-art machines. Plus, free shipping on orders over $25. Shop TennisExpress.com today. Drinking water is essential to your health. That's why you need to drink plenty of water to keep you hydrated throughout the day. Unlike power drinks or soft drinks, water is truly the only drink that can quench your thirst. It's an easy, refreshing way to keep your body healthy and strong. Freshen up today with a brisk, cool bottle of water. As the sum of each generation before it, the next generation Corvette stands alone. As the new standard of precision and performance, of engineering and technology, of everything that makes an icon an icon, and a Corvette a Corvette. administration they are taking care of a little little bit of business legally let me give you an example attorney general merrick garland attorney general merrick garland yesterday reprimanded the texas governor for an executive order the governor abbott issued that seeks to hinder transportation for migrants threatens to file a lawsuit does merrick garland if he does not terminate the order Now, what's this all about? Here's what Garland said, quote, I urge you to immediately rescind executive order GA 37 entitled relating to the transportation of migrants during the COVID-19 disaster. Garland wrote that in a letter yesterday to Texas Governor Greg Abbott, branding the order both dangerous and unlawful. The day before, citing the risk of COVID-19 transmission, Abbott signed that executive order which will prohibit nonprofits and other private transportation providers from giving ground transportation to many of these migrants. Now, the order allows the Texas Department of Public Safety to stop any vehicle that it suspects is carrying migrants who pose a risk of carrying COVID-19 into Texas communities and send the vehicle back to where it came. Garland's letter to Abbott said the order would make it harder for migrants to present at their immigration hearings, stymie federal, which incidentally, by the way, they're not giving those 
immigration hearing notifications anymore. When these illegals come across, they're just patting them on the back, giving them a cash card, and transporting them to cities and towns across America. They don't even know if they've got COVID. So this is the Attorney General of the United States. Let's call him Eric Holder Jr. Because he acts just like Eric Holder did during Barack Obama's first term in the White House. Merrick Garland, he just reaches back into Greg Abbott's back pocket and says, I'm going to pop you legally because what you're threatening to do, what your executive order instructed your Department of Public Safety to do is illegal. 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 What is Abbott doing, folks? Why did he do that? Do you think he did that for any reason about him disliking immigrants? He is the governor of the state in America that contains the most Latinos of any other state. If you live in Texas, you like the Latino community because they make Texas what Texas is. The governor knows that. As a matter of fact, what his executive order does is it tries to do away with as much of the unfairness and the illegality that results from the federal government's disaction to enforce law, federal law in his state of Texas, putting Texas in the bullseye of COVID-19. Let me give you an example. From the northern border of the United States, the Dakotas, each of North and South Dakota, their governor sent some of their National Guard members down to assist at the border. I forget which county it was in North Dakota. I think they sent 12 of their agents down there to help out. Of those 12, seven have COVID-19. And they got COVID-19 because they didn't just accost these people coming across the border. The Biden administration makes them take care of these illegals when they come across the border. You got to stay with them and take care of them and make sure they have what they need and yada, 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 yada. And they don't test them. The Biden folks, they don't test these people. And meanwhile, friends from other states that have no liability or obligation to the state of Texas or to the federal government or to Border Patrol, but because they're red, white, and blue flag-waving Americans, they think it's their civic duty to help out. They volunteer to go, and they get shoved up right in the middle of a fake situation that's supposed to be because you got big hearts. We're Americans. We want to help everybody on planet Earth. And oh, by the way, the government's not going to take care of just the fundamental things to protect those volunteers when they go down there. That is the most asinine position of any federal government, any administration during my lifetime. And I go all the way back, all the way back to Dwight Eisenhower. That's our president, folks. That's our attorney general that absolutely does not care. I'm going to go ahead and dial this phone. You're going to bear with me. You're going to hear it dialing here in a second. We're calling Dr. Fleming right now. Dr. Richard Fleming. 
Mr. Newman. How are you today? Hey there, doctor. You are live on the air at Truth News <laughs> Network. <laughs> Good morning. I want to thank you so much for agreeing to come back. I'm going to tell you, when you were here last month, the information <laughs> that you shared with us all, it just blew people's minds because it was full of facts. There was no partisan. There was no... Um, political spin in it, and everybody, including me, pretty much is sick of hearing all this stuff. We really need to know the facts about COVID-19 and what can be done. And so you, I ask you to come back and thank you so much for joining us. I know you're busy. It's uh, Friday before a weekend, but I wanted you to come in and just address some of this latest noise that is being thrust at the American people we really don't know what to believe and what not to believe. Can you help us? Right. So are you referring to what the president is encouraging uh, people in the government to be vaccinated and for the mask to go back on, that type of thing? Whatever you as a medical expert feel is, is the big topics and what you can add to the conversation to clear it up for us. I'm, I'm not going to sure. tell you what to say. <laughs> I want you to, I want you to fill us in with your knowledge on these matters. Okay. Well, I think there's probably a couple different things for people to be completely aware. Of. Uh, to begin with the drug vaccines themselves shouldn't be expected to provide long-term benefit when you have a variety of mutations going on in this virus. And the reason why everybody's stressed out about Delta and uh, Gamma virus, which is the one that you'll probably start hearing about, is that the virus is changing itself sufficiently from its original spike protein. And it looks like it's trying to delete the insertions that were put into it. But as the changes occur, what we're actually seeing is the vaccines selecting out for this virus to be the one, this mutation of the virus, to be the ones that survive. Um, clearly, it's much like antibiotics. If you indiscriminately use antibiotics, you will produce bacteria that are resistant to the antibiotics, not because you're producing something new, but you are selecting out the ones that are resistant and you make more for more dangerous problems. Uh, the slip opinion that was recently uh, brought out through the Department of Justice, and it was uh, actually the Office of Legal Counsel that did that, stated that informed consent was not a requirement. Now, those attorneys, I believe, have probably taken an oath to uphold and defend the Constitution. I would think they all have, yes. For them to say that informed consent is not required uh, is a, both the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights as well as the Nuremberg Code. Now, I understand some people may not take the Nuremberg Code as seriously as I do, but the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights very clearly states that anybody given a drug must have and accept informed consent. That's under... Uh, Article 5, Paragraph 2 of the U.S. Constitution, treaties are the supreme law of the land. So here's where I'm going with this. For these attorneys to say that informed consent is not a requirement is a violation of the ICCPR treaty. 
That's a violation of Article 6, Paragraph 2 of the U.S. Constitution. I think I said Article 5 before, but it's Article 6. Which means that they have violated their oath that they took. A violation of that oath is treason under Article 6, Paragraph 2 of the U.S. Constitution. Wow. Which can be held as a reason for the ultimate punishment, which is death. Sure. So, when they start playing this game and interfering with treaty agreements, and when you take into account that this is a biological weapon paid for and helped develop by the United States using gain-of-function research, then they have violated the Biological Weapons Convention Treaty which is also a violation of Article 6, Paragraph 2 of the U.S. Constitution, the result of which is treason, which can be punishable by death. So there's two factors to consider. First is the medical perspective that these drug vaccines that we know reproduce the genetic code of a biological weapon are being injected into people. They're being injected to people against their will, and they are driving the variants that everybody's now concerned about become the prominent variants. Variants that are attempting to delete the inserts that yes, may be more infective, but are not necessarily more pathogenic or harmful. These same people have interfered with physicians practicing medicine using drugs that have already been approved by the FDA and as a result of that, they have violated um, the 14th Amendment of the Constitution, which allows people to receive medical care that they want from their physician based upon the history, custom, and tradition of patient-physician relationships. They are also forcing people to accept treatment in the form of a drug vaccine which violates Supreme Court ruling from Cruzan v. Director of Missouri Department of Health, 1990, when the Supreme Court ruled that Cruzan, the patient, had a right to refuse medical care. So for the President of the United States or anybody else to force people to accept a drug vaccine, an experimental drug vaccine, is a violation of the Supreme Court ruling of Cruzan v. Director of Missouri Department of Health. That law has not been, that ruling has not been overturned. Joe v. Rumsfeld from 2004 showed that Congress could prohibit investigational drugs unless the president waived that. And I haven't seen him waive that. And if he waives that, then he's going to be in violation of Article 6, Paragraph 2 of the Constitution which makes him guilty of treason, punishable by death. That's a whole lot of a big, big legal mess that's all been woven together. And I, I, I know that you, you have law license as well as your MD. And uh, I appreciate you breaking that down the way you did. We can understand that. That's a little bit different than what we're hearing from the other so-called medical and legal professionals in our nation. Let me ask you this. Do you see any kind of scenario in which Americans can be kept from those kind of things being shoved down their throats? 
yeah, Americans need to stand up and say enough is enough. <clears throat> this is not Nazi Germany. Well, or maybe it is. Maybe this is the fourth right. You know, if you ever wondered what you would have done in 1930s Nazi Germany, just look at what you're doing now and look at what your neighbors are doing now. Wow. I'm hearing from people around the world that, for example, in Italy, the people are acting the same way that the Germans did during Nazi Germany towards people who aren't being vaccinated. When I see the President of the United States get on national television and blame people for not getting vaccinated, that the unvaccinated are the ones causing the problems, scientifically, I can make a very solid argument that the vaccinated ones are the one that have driven the Delta and now Gamma viruses to be the ones most prevalent. They're driving this. And we're already seeing resistance from the people who have been drug vaccinated to the Delta and Gamma variants. So we just spent trillions of dollars developing experimental drug vaccines that have killed over 9,000 people and produced hundreds of thousands of adverse events just based upon what's been reported to bearers already and has done nothing to turn the tide on, on on this viral problem. So these same people that it, that put the money into gain-of-functional research blocked physicians from using treatments that have been shown to work and then produced drug vaccines that are experimental, speak across the board not only to conflict of interest, but clear violation of Article 6, Paragraph 2 of the Constitution. <clears throat> So we're in a situation now, doctor, where we look like we're just minutes away from our federal government finally coming in and just pulling down what they've been hiding their face with and saying, here it is, folks, everybody in the nation's got to receive a COVID-19 vaccine. Yeah, this violates Supreme Court rulings, this violates treaty law, and it's treason. So what will it take? I, it, it, you know, you and I both, and I've said this too on the air many times, the American people have got to get up and act. We have to do this. It's going to take the people. We've got to take back our government that is supposed to be and has supposed to have been from the beginning government of, by, and for the people. It's no longer that. How, does that, how would that process look like short of a war? <coughs> well, Gandhi and Martin Luther King showed us how to do this. Good you point. You simply collect together repeatedly. May I call you back in, will you call me back in two to three minutes? I have an emergency phone call coming in. We'll do it, Doc. Why don't you Thank call you. Why don't you call me back? Okay, I will. Thank okay. you. Bye-bye. Dr. Richard Fleming, that, folks, he'll, he'll call us back in a moment. Isn't it cool having a guy like that that uh, is willing to just come on and talk to us and have a conversation with us? I mean, he drew, he just in that little segment there, he dropped a couple of bombs that just blew my mind. And this is what I do. This is the research that we do. This is uncanny that this is being shoved down our throats. But doesn't what you just heard from Dr. Fleming, doesn't that just kind of codify some of the things that you have felt might be going on? I'm talking about the purpose the reasoning behind what's happening. 
the boldness that just seems to build and grow every day, thumbing their noses at the U.S. Constitution, immigration law, and health laws, just with impunity, just looking at us. If you don't agree, too bad. Too bad. You just got to do it our way or else. We don't know yet what the or else is going to be, if it is going to be. But nevertheless, they are amassing more uh, insolence. You know what I mean? The more in your face they're getting every day because it looks like nobody or very few people are standing up and pointing their way and screaming, stop, stop. You can't do that. Overnight, I had a conversation with with someone who I have a lot of faith and confidence in and I trust explicitly. Um, Had a conversation about this very thing. And I said, you know what? I hope and pray, and I literally hope and pray this, that we can find peace and we can find resolution. We can find mutual respect and trust for those who think and feel differently, may look differently from us, may share different ideals from ours, but that we, like the United States and the American people have always done, we recognize, we acknowledge our differences, our opinions about everything, but we recognize and applaud our differences because that all put in together is what makes America what we are today. I think Dr. Fleming's back on the phone. Let's see if he's back there with us. Hey, Doc, you back? Yes. Great. We. I just, as, as uh, you were dealing with that emergency, I just told the folks the information that you just shared with us, it should make us all feel a little co- more comfortable in one way that we're hearing some things that we have thought you know, a million times I'll I'll see something and I'll say, "Well, I thought I thought the law was this way." Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, how are they able to do this? And and you just explained it very succinctly. And thank you so much for that. Um, short. I'll go. I'll go back to where we stopped. Short of a world war, how can we how can we tackle this? Right. So I think this is where I remind people that the founding fathers of this country. When they signed the Declaration of Independence, recognized that they were uh, potentially at risk, right? I mean, they pledged their lives, their their sacred honor, their duty to each other, recognizing that if they were going to stand up for the country that they wanted to have and give to their children and their grandchildren, they were going to have to take their rights. Now, these are rights that aren't given to you by the government. The U.S. Constitution does not give health care rights to the federal government. They belong to the people. <clears throat> you know, the Declaration said certain unalienable rights, that governments are founded by the people for the people. The governments don't give to the people. The people are the government. They're elected by us as a republic. Government of, by, and for the people. And for the people, absolutely. 
and, and, and everybody has taken this backwards. Now, what they did was very effective. They isolated people. They quarantined people. They gave them the story that they wanted to believe. They, uh, many of the doctors don't understand what they need to know about these vaccines and the treatment. They've been threatened if they actually treat people. So they have used every manipulative tool imaginable. And let's remember that in Nazi Germany, the doctors came alongside the Third Reich to conduct research and experiments in the benefit of the German people. And the courts and the attorneys of Nazi Germany rewrote the laws to justify what they were doing. And after World War II, during the Nuremberg trials, everybody's aware that the the upper echelons were held at court. But the doctor's trials followed that, and the jurist's trials followed that, which were the judges and the Department of Defense or Justice for, for Germany were held in the third trials. So history has dealt with this before, and it tells us how to deal with it again. If you're an American citizen, and you think your rights are being infringed upon, you need to let the elected officials know every day. Last thing I saw in the news last night was that there were police forces uh, in the country being told they had to be vaccinated who didn't want to be vaccinated. Maybe now's the time for the citizens to stand up with the police and the police to stand up with the citizens. Maybe it's time we support each other instead of separating into our little isolated groups and, and, and losing the power that we have as we, the people. What uh, has, has evolved, and at the beginning of all of this, we, many of us, looked at it, and you probably did too, questioning, you know, Joe Biden, all he campaigned on was he was going to unite America. He was going to get us all to look past our differences and find consensus. We were going to be the great nation, the melting pot that we always have been. Then immediately upon being elected, it was a 180 degree swing. Maybe that is what they are using as the ultimate tool to get this to play out. Divide us. Divide us. Well, they, they've done a great job of dividing people. But again, remember, there's a lot of Americans that got vaccinated because they were worried and scared and they didn't want to hurt somebody that they knew. And people who haven't been vaccinated need to go to those people and say, we get it. You know, think about it from your each individual's perspective. If you told me that I needed to do something to protect my children, I would do it. Sure. The difference is when you know that that's misrepresentation. Uh, my grandparents used to call that a lie. Now we just call it misrepresentation. Um, but the truth is, the science is not behind the drug vaccines. The emergency use authorizations uh, that were provided by these pharmaceutical companies via the FDA show no statistical benefit for people getting back these drug vaccines. There's not a statistical reduction in COVID cases or deaths. Vaccines do not prevent you from getting infected or spreading an infection. You have to get an infection afterwards for you to get any benefit from it. And then the variants produce less and less benefit. So when 
you've got the president of the United States who's not a scientist getting on television saying this is the problem of the unvaccinated. I would argue the problem are the vaccinated. Not to put pressure on them or, or make them feel bad, but the, it's the result of this mass vaccination program without conducting the research correctly to determine what the effects are on the animals, which shows prion diseases like bad cow disease and inflammatory thrombotic responses like the heart disease that we're seeing, just like I said in 1994 when I first introduced the theory. What we're seeing is a president claiming knowledge that he doesn't have it's been the harm of a mass vaccination program not thought out that is producing deaths and harms to Americans. And as the U.S. goes, so goes the world. Sure. Because I'm listening to people from all over the world say, we're watching Americans to see what Americans will do to take the lead from Americans. Americans, step up. I don't know if you saw it, but just moments before we went on the show today, the CDC released, or they didn't release it, it was found in some of the CDC website, a report now that of those quote-unquote breakthrough infections, Mm -hmm. as of last week now, 35,000 Americans a week, 35,000 a week, are after being vaccinated, testing positive and become systematic with COVID-19. What the heck is that all about? Well, their breakthrough, again, it doesn't prevent you from getting infected. And if you have a bad enough response and you don't get treated for COVID with the drugs that we know work, you're going to be hospitalized and you may die. The vaccines don't prevent that. And we know that shedding is a real phenomenon that people who've been vaccinated are transmitting something to people who've not been vaccinated. And all you need to do is look at the government documents to know that. In 2015, in August, the FDA and Health and Human Services issued a report that's on the website, FlemingMethod.com, stating that shedding is a real phenomenon from the mRNA and DNA viral and bacterial gene therapies. In January of 2020, the FDA, Health and Human Services, and CEDARS, the biologics for the U.S., issued a follow-up report on the consequences of shedding and referred back to the first one, specifically stating that shedding was the result of the viral product, which in this case means the spike protein. So the government has now issued two separate reports specifically stating that shedding is a real phenomenon. And it only happens if you've been vaccinated. The unvaccinated people aren't shedding deadly squat. Wow. All this stuff is not in the public sector. At least it's not readily available for us. And uh, when we hear it, finally, we hear it from people like you, from others that are like-minded that give us facts and encourage us to follow the science rather than indoctrinate us with stuff that they say is science, but it's really not. Really not. Um, we need to have the evidence on which we can make good decisions for ourselves, our family members, people we assimilate with in our businesses. And I think Americans are now a little more everyday 
or waking up and realizing things are not like we've been told. And oh, absolutely. And looking yeah, for right. looking looking for things specific that we can do. Doctor, as as we finish this get together, and thank you so much for joining us again today. Um, from the medical perspective specifically, with all the mystery and all the misinformation and the diversions that are coming from the top, tell the American people that are listening here, and we have people that they listen in from around the world. We have a big clump from Australia, big clump from New Zealand, one in the middle of Russia that are listening in today and they know you're here. What should we do from a medical perspective specifically to protect ourselves and if we are diagnosed to be positive, what we should do to minimize the potential of mortality? Well, one of the things I've done on plumbingmethod.com is I've listed treatment for people to take to their physicians should they get infected or develop COVID and things for them to do to try to improve their overall health, be that vitamins and minerals or cutting down on the extra calories, exercising, doing all the common sense things. Science is very clear on this. This infection is a virus. It's spread from person to person. It can be treated quite effectively, both at the stage of being infected or COVID. And for Anthony Fauci to call himself science, science is not contaminated by politics. Science is not the prostitute of politics. And people like Dr. Anthony Fauci can quit pimping science out because it's confused everybody. The science is very clear. You can deal with the transmission by common sense things, hand washing, taking better care of yourself, exercising, not abusing your body. If you get the virus, if you become symptomatic, there are treatments at work. If you get sick enough that you get hospitalized, there are treatments at work. Download those treatments. Share them with your doctor. Encourage them to go onto the website and read because I put over 160 papers on that website with the science about how these different drugs work and why they work so that physicians can get a better handle on this. Doctors, quit listening to the government. We're the ones who went to medical school. We're the ones who took the Hippocratic or Geneva Oaths. We're the ones who have the obligations to the patients, not to the government not to the Department of Justice, not to the courts, not to Biden or anybody else, or patients. Doctors stand up, take care of patients. Patients stand up with your doctors and with your police forces and rest of the people trying to restore our freedoms and be responsible for taking your freedoms back. Dr. Richard Fleming, I cannot tell you enough how much we appreciate you coming on board and sharing with us. And folks listening in, it's FlemingMethod.com. FlemingMethod.com. I've spent a lot of time on your website. It is, first of all, professionally designed, well put together, and it's easy to get information from there. So thank you for that. Thank you. Come back anytime, Doc. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Wow, what a day. Dr. Richard Fleming, once again, he broke it down. Yeah, he's an attorney too. He obviously understands the Constitution and federal laws as they pertain to medicine. That's kind of critical to know because we're not getting a lot of that. We're getting this vantage point and this vantage point and this opinion from over here. 
but very seldom do we get them all thrown together. I got to be honest with you and tell you, uh, the distortion you heard there was from his telephone. And uh, we found out about it, but it, bef- it was too late to make a change. So I apologize for that. But Dr. Fleming is going to be a regular here. We really think he's a breath of fresh air just to give us information, even if it's bad. I mean, knowing the facts, isn't that good? Isn't that better? Isn't having some questions answered more effective than having these constant, I don't know. I don't know what to believe. I can't believe that. Should I believe that? OMG, I am tired of living in that world. And I, many of you I don't know personally, but I think a bunch of you feel that same way too. Do you understand? Do you believe that we have it all figured out here, that we know about it all? Just when we think we do. Every day there seems to be a bombshell that's just thrown at us with more nasty information. Like the 35,000 number, the first number I got before we went live on the air was 17,000. One of our listeners called in and sent me that story that just got released formally from the CDC. 35,000 Americans a week that have been fully vaccinated or being tested positive for COVID-19, but not just that, they are symptomatic. In other words, they're getting full-blown COVID. Oh, my gosh. And guess what, folks? There's more COVID information that we haven't gotten to today. We have about 30 minutes left after our final break. We're going to break it all down for you. Thanks to all of the good stuff from Dr. Fleming. We'll give you some more data, some more stats, some more information after this. How can we say when you book direct at choicehotels.com, you always get the lowest price in our rooms, guaranteed? Let's get someone to say it with a really low voice. Carl? Lowest price, guaranteed. What about the world's lowest limbo stick? How low can you go? Nice one, Carl. Hey, I've got an idea. Just say bada book, bada boom. Bada book, bada boom. Nice. Always the lowest price, guaranteed. Book now at choicehotels.com. Hey, Thirst, can I try out a few Coke Summer sound effects on you? Yes! Cool. You okay with this? Yes! And this? Yes! And what about this? Gotcha there, Thirst. That wasn't sound effects. That was a Coke. I'm no longer thirsty. You're so out of here. Coca-Cola. Open happiness. You get a whole lot of something with Farmer's Policy Perks. So much, I'm going to have to speed things up. You can get the claim-free discount, which gives you money off your homeowner's policy if you've been claim-free for three consecutive years. Also applies for three successive years, three years straight, and what's known to insurance fans as the claim-free three-peat. Get a whole lot of something with Farmers Policy Perks. Start with a quote by calling 1-800-FARMERS. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Now for the legal something. Not available in every state. Only available with select farmers branded policies subject to terms and conditions underwritten by Farmers Truck or Fire Insurance Exchanges or Affiliate. I'm a Verizon engineer, and today we're turning on 5G across the country, including right here in New York City. With the coverage of 5G nationwide and in more and more cities, the unprecedented performance of ultra-wideband. It will change your phone and how businesses do everything. I'm proud because we didn't build it the easy way. We built it right. This is the 5G America's been waiting for. Only from Verizon. 5G ultra-wideband available only in parts of select cities. 5G nationwide available in 1,800 plus cities. 
In a world of change, one thing remains constant. The bedrock of truth. Welcome to the Truth News Network. Truthnewsnet.org Bedrock of truth. God, we got to get more of that. Speaking of um, misinformation, speaking of lies, you know, we heard Dr. Rochelle Walensky, the head of the CDC, she came back explaining the new mask mandate thing that they're putting out there, the one where um, in certain situations, even if you've been vaccinated, you need to wear a mask wherever you go, that kind of thing. And she said, oh, it's based on the data, the data that we just saw. One reporter said, well, what data was that? Can we get our hands on that report? And she, um, she explained that she doesn't think that report has been published yet. Well, guess what? Yeah, that report has been studied. It has been released to the public. That study claimed the Delta variant produced an unusually large viral load in more than 100 vaccinated healthcare workers with breakthrough infections. Guess what? It was listed as having failed peer review in the journal Nature when the CDC cited it. Archives of the study's page on Research Square, which is a preprint server for unpublished research, show that it was marked rejected on July 9th and remained so at least through the evening of July 26th. And why do you think that date is significant? Well, that particular version of the report was still live early Wednesday morning, the day after the CDC cited the study in its July 27th updated science brief. The reject status and review notes were removed by mid-morning and replaced with posted. Now what does that mean? That suggests that Nature Magazine had approved the paper with no revisions, which drew a bunch of controversy on Twitter from guess who? A bunch of real medical people people that really know and understand and haven't decided to sell out to political perspectives to sell some kind of narrative to scare the American people. So yesterday, Research Square addressed the confusion about that report twice about noon on Wednesday, blaming a bug and a user interface error on our end. It said the paper was still under review And the current editorial decision is to revise. The review notes disappeared again from the peer review timeline later in the afternoon, leaving only a current status classification of the paper as under review. Research Square also posted a revised header that clarified the paper was being considered by a nature portfolio journal, not necessarily the flagship journal, and that it partners with the publisher on, quote, a journal integrated preprint print deposition service. <laughs> Can you believe this? Dr. Rochelle Walensky said fully vaccinated people have just as much viral load as the unvaccinated making it possible for them to spread the virus to everybody else, which is why all kids should wear masks in schools. The White House announced it would start requiring masks in its buildings on Wednesday. Texas Republican Representative Dan Crenshaw 
was among those calling out the CDC for the quality of research informing its policy decisions. The game-changer data the CDC used for the mask mandate is from a single study from India. The study was rejected in peer review, but the CDC used it anyway. Does that surprise you? Does that surprise you? So, your kids, your kids are going to wear masks when they go back to school. Do they need to wear masks? Well, probably not. Almost certainly not. But if this government, if the teachers' unions, if you live in one of these big cities and have kids in public schools especially, your kids are going to be forced to wear masks. That's where we are, folks. In a Wednesday segment with CNN, CDC Director Walensky floated a vaccination registry as a possibility. What would that include? It would be an index of Americans who have gotten a COVID-19 vaccine. Here's what she said. I think if we see more and more people who are vaccinated, our kids are vaccinated. We have full vaccination in schools. We have full vaccination in teachers. All of those are documented. We have disease rates that are low. I think then we can start thinking about what? How we can loosen up and not see clusters and outbreaks in these school systems. The thing that's most important to me through all of this is that our kids get back in school full-time, in-person learning. And we're not there yet. We're far from there. And I want our children to be safe. She just made a broad sweeping allegation there. What did you hear in what she said that was broad sweeping, broad and sweeping in an allegation? Do you remember what it was? School system COVID-19 clusters of outbreaks in schools. Have you heard any of those reported in schools? Have you heard any of the numbers of kids dramatically increasing, getting sick with COVID-19? No, you haven't. No, you haven't. They're not being truthful, folks. Representative Greg Murphy out of North Carolina, he said Walensky's consideration of governmental documentation of vaccinated Americans is worrisome. The CDC's inconsistent messaging, he said, undermines public trust in the bureaucracy. I don't have the greatest respect for Walensky, he said, because of some of the waffling back and forth with these decisions, not based on science, only based upon political progressivism, as it were. That's a very concerning term. Very concerning term. You know what the mRNA is, that technology. It's manufactured RNA. That's the very substance of the vaccinations, all of them, the COVID vaccinations by Moderna, Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, and even AstraZeneca. Well, the inventor, very renowned scientist, the inventor of the mRNA technology applied the vaccine against COVID-19 or the Communist Party virus, Dr. Robert Malone. 
guess what he says about all this? This is what the inventor of this whole technology thing believes. The danger of vaccinations increasing the volatility of the infection. Now, what does that mean? He explained it, did Dr. Malone. Quote, the vaccine causes the virus to become more infectious than what happened in the absence of the vaccination. This is the bacteriologist work nightmare, he said to Steve Bannon on July 28, two days ago, based on his lab experience. He said an antibody reaction that occurred in the 60s with the respiratory syntetical virus causes more child deaths in vaccine recipients than in the unvaccinated. He foresees the same thing unfolding now with COVID-19 vaccinations. He added, and it's happened with virtually every other coronavirus vaccine development program, mainly as the effect of the vaccine weakens. In the case of Pfizer, that's about six months after getting the shots. In this context, Dr. Malone reiterates, what seems to be rolling out is the worst-case scenario with this vaccine, but does not want to sound like an alarmist. Dr. Malone thinks he's a scientist who believes in vaccines and sound science, which is why he has worked developing them all his life. He says the best thing to do at this time, listen, stop the vaccination campaign. This is not Dan Newman telling you this. You heard it from Dr. Richard Fleming. You're hearing it from Dr. Malone, Dr. Robert Malone. The dangers Dr. Malone warns about were corroborated by the multinational pharmaceutical company Pfizer themselves. Pfizer mentions this risk. And the reason they do, folks, listen to this, so they won't be held liable for it. They disclose it so they're in the clear. It's in the document submitted for this emergency medical authorization thing that they got so they could start distributing the drug based on previous SARS-CoV-1 vax trials. Another doctor, Dr. Ming, mentioned in a message the controversial process by which the pharmaceutical industry achieved this emergency approval for its vaccines, which makes all vaccinated people part of an experiment to perfect the vaccine. Did you know that? Experimental means they're not going to be held accountable for it. They told the FDA to get this temporary approval to market these drugs and jab these arms of Americans with this vaccination. There are experimental vaccines being used on people experimentally. And at this stage, the long-term effects of the drug under study are still unknown. However, it's important to note, we do it here. All the adverse effects have occurred in millions of people worldwide, including tens of thousands of deaths from the vaccinations. On the other hand, it seems like the survival rate of people infected by the virus remains below 99.5% where it's always been, which is why some judge the government's deployment of the so-called pandemic restrictions to be excessive. Florida-based anonymous author Cat Turd 
love that name, cat turd, presents a picture of normalcy in his state of Florida. People are living their lives normally here in Florida, where I live. The motels are booked. The beaches are packed. Everybody's enjoying the hell out of the summer, and people are pouring in from all across the country. I laugh when I see the fake news reports. And then, let me ask you this. What I'm about to tell you is going to blow your mind. Just based on what you have seen and heard in the news from these experts, from President Biden, from Dr. Walensky, from any of the other medical experts that you've seen paraded before the cameras, before these masterful folks on network television talking to us about vaccinated, unvaccinated. It's an unvaccinated pandemic. It's all at the hands of the unvaccinated. Listen to this, what I'm about to tell you. Do you know, first of all, the case numbers are skyrocketing and they're mostly the Delta variant. We hear that day after day after day after day. Did you know that the PCR test at which all these case confirmations are happening, the CDC itself quietly last week announced they're canceling the use of the PCR test. You know why? In their words, it produces a large number of false positive results. They're encouraging companies to develop new kinds of tests. They announce that formally. They don't trust it. It's not working. It's creating false positives, which means you test positive when you're not positive. So how can we counter that? What do we do in that regard, Dan? How do we, how do we figure out where we stand? Let me tell you the one common thing that we were told in the very beginning, you've got to watch, you've got to watch. That's the mortality rate. How many people are dying? How many people are dying in the United States every day from COVID right now? I'm talking about this month. I'm talking about this week. Do you know the mortality rate this week, last week, the week before, is at its lowest level since our fake pandemic began? I bet you didn't know that. You didn't hear that from anybody else, did you? And if you don't believe me, (laughs) go look at the facts Look at the facts. The number of daily deaths from COVID-19 has decreased remarkably from the once staggering 3,136 deaths per day. And that was just a few months ago in January of this year. 3,136 a day. Heart disease, which is typically the number one cause of death in the U.S. each year, leads to the death of about 2,000 Americans every day. Cancer claims 1,600. The cumulative count of deaths attributed to COVID-19 in the United States is 604,656 from the start of the pandemic through June of 2021. So what's the number now? What's the number? COVID-19, as of the end of June, is currently the number seven cause of death in the U.S., number seven. And the numbers are at the lowest level since the pandemic began. That's deaths. That's not infections. That's not hospitalizations. And you can bet this. The reason 
you don't hear anything about the mortality rate is because it makes it makes it look like we probably have a handle on at least the fatality part. 342 people dying daily now in the entire United States from COVID-19. 342. 50 states in all our territories. Is it bad? Absolutely, it's bad. Is it fatal? It's fatal for a few. It's fatal to 342 a day. Oh my gosh. This is just incredible stuff, folks. Incredible stuff. And it's being hidden from us. They're purposely not giving us facts. And let me just throw a little other number out there. You know, we, we, we weigh in on other countries besides here, especially our countries to the east of us across the pond because everything COVID-related, disease-related, it comes from the east to the west. So the UK gets all this and they make their plans and treatments and stuff and we watch them because we know what is happening over there is going to head this way. According to some overnight leaked data, more than half of COVID patients in the United Kingdom tested positive for the virus, the COVID-19 SARS-CoV-2 virus, only after they were admitted to the hospitals. More than half. Now, what's that all about? Well, this came from England's National Health Service. It showed that 56% of COVID-19 cases in the UK were not detected until after the patients underwent standard COVID tests in the hospital. Now, hospitals already test everyone for COVID-19 infection, even if they're not showing symptoms. The data, which was first reported by The Telegraph, might suggest the third wave of COVID in the country is less severe than previously reported, or it might also suggest the freaking test or giving false positives. And so maybe the CDC ought to stop recommending using the PCR test because it's giving false positives. Oh, by the way, they're going to terminate it at the end of the year and they announced and encouraged biological companies out there to start generating and creating more accurate tests. You can't make this up. Here's a quote from a member of the UK government. When people hear about hospitalizations with COVID, they assume that COVID is a likely cause. But this data shows something quite different. This is about COVID being detected after tests. We're looking for it. That's from Dr. Professor Carl Hennigan, director of the Center for Evidence-Based Medicine in the UK. Hennigan described the data as incredibly important And he urged the UK government to publish more transparent data. This needs to be fixed, he said. It's a matter of urgency. He explained that the published data is causing the public toward false conclusions, which distort the actual levels of pressures placed on hospitals. Folks, rolling it all in. All of everything, all the noise, all the chaos, all the different drugs, all the treatments, roll it all into one. 
people getting it, some real, some fake, bad test results, all that, you roll it all in. Today, your chances of recovery if you get COVID, if you don't have it and they say you have it, or if you get a really bad case, across the board for all 330 million of us, 99.5% you're going to be okay. 99.5%. you're going to be okay. That's across the board, top to bottom. Now, of course, we're given these numbers. That's not on the front page of anything you read on the CDC website. When you go to their website, I encourage you to do it. I mean, it takes a brain surgeon to figure out how to even access any of the reports to build them custom-based throughout the entire website. But they have a bunch of stories. They have a bunch of information about everything that has to do with medicine. And it's even sprinkled with political partisan perspective. I'm sure that surprises you. But you don't hear anything about, nothing encouraging, nothing positive, not one sentence. It basically, the underlying premise of everything they print, everything they say is, you're probably going to die. Fauci, through Biden this morning, even hinted about a federal government nationwide school lockdown for the upcoming school year. I kid you not. That flashed across our screen about 20 minutes ago. We're only seeing the tip of this entire debacle. And then you have people like CNN anchor Don Lemon. Last night during his handoff between his show with his compadre Cuomo, Lemon said this, I don't know if we can get this under control. We had the chance. None of this had to happen. Children didn't have to get sick. If we didn't let the virus mutate and this variant to catch on, We could have had this under control. We were well on the way. The people you can blame, the only people you can blame, this isn't shaming, the unvaccinated. The unvaccinated people have put us in the position we're in right now, and it's not a good place. And then the other brain surgeon at CNN in the nighttime, Chris Cuomo, said, we showed the numbers tonight on our show, Don. 37% of the unvaccinated are white Republicans. And it doesn't have to be like that. Oh my gosh, 37% of the unvaccinated are white Republicans. Let's put the scarlet R, let's brand it on all their foreheads. He didn't say that, I did. Don responded to Chris, you have to be more direct. More concerted effort says, get vaccinated. You're not just killing yourself. You're going to kill other people. That's what you have to start telling people. If you don't get vaccinated, you can't come into this office or come into this business. If you don't get vaccinated, you can't come into this gym. If you don't get vaccinated, you can't go on this airplane. That has nothing to do with freedom. and has nothing to do with liberty. You don't have the freedom and the liberty to put other people in jeopardy. You don't have that. You have to drive the speed limit. You have to obey the rules. These are the quote-unquote media experts that are telling us this. Neither of these guys is a doctor. The opposite of that is true. They're both certified pathological lunatics. Chris Cuomo and Don Lemon. 
they don't have a clue. They have no idea if what they had jabbed into their arms, and I'm very confident both of them got vaccinations, and I don't know which one. I really don't care which one. But I guarantee you they have no real idea that maybe, just maybe, what those nurses or doctors put in their arms may be manipulating their DNA, may be introducing something into their bodies that is toxic. And you know what? There's not a doctor on planet Earth, not one, that can realistically, honestly counter what I just suggested might be true. You know why? These vaccines, by their name, by their structure, by the authorization to even put those in people's arms, they are experimental, which means they're not finished. They're not sufficiently tested through human trials. The efficacy of them has not been proven. In fact, it's exactly opposite of that. They have to keep tweaking it because there are all kinds of adverse reactions that in a bunch of cases have caused people to die. Wow, what a day. What a Friday on TNN Live. Thanks again to Dr. Fleming for being here. He, he just dumbs it down for people like me. You can understand what he's saying. And he gave us, besides the specifics, he gave us the 10,000-foot executive level summary so that we can understand without going all the way into the X's and O's of medicine, of epidemiology and virology, which I can't do. I don't have the expertise. He made it all very understandable, and I appreciate that. More of that type of discussions from experts is necessary. we got to have that. We've got to have good information and great communication of it. Doesn't matter how good it is. If you, if you can't get it explained to, in a way that you can understand and everybody can, you're not going to make it. You guys listen. Y'all have a great weekend. Spend time with family. Rest. Relax. And don't worry about anything that you have no control over, folks. Just do the best with what you know. Love your folks, your family, and we'll see you on Monday at TNN Live.